What a pleasure to be here and not out there. <laughs> I've left them some awful activities to do today. It involves sticky icing, so your children are gonna come back <laughs> covered in sugar. Um, but no, honestly, it's not normal for me to be speaking to adults. Usually I'm with the children at work here and at home. So, <laughs> so children usually get my voice, not adults. So we'll see how this goes. Um, we are in the middle of a series looking at the book of Luke. Um, we've been looking at Luke through the lens of justice, which has been really fascinating and illuminating and fun and thought-provoking and all those things. So we're going to carry on doing that a little bit more this afternoon. In fact, there's a lot that happens in these chapters so I'm not going to take you through every single thing that Jesus says and does. We're just going to look at one teeny little bit, a little scene within those chapters. And as will become clear, it feels like an obvious choice. But hopefully we can look at it a little bit in a fresh way um, and we'll see what happens. Um, so we're going to look at Luke 18 from verse 15. It's great because we had a dedication today, so it all kind of ties in very beautifully. It says, Some people brought even their babies to Jesus so he could touch them. When the followers saw this, they told them to stop. But Jesus called for the children, saying, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to people who are like these children. I tell you the truth, you must accept the kingdom of God as if you were a child or you will never enter it. So, um, maybe an obvious choice for me to talk about that and especially as we've got a dedication today. Um, I couldn't resist because it's been staring us in the face this whole time. As we've um, been in this beautiful building, um, we've got this lovely stained glass window. Right in the middle section, um, we can see this little scene from Luke um, displayed right ahead of us. So I thought our first little thing that you can chat about with the people around you is, what do you see? in that picture. We've read it, you can see it there. Have a chat with somebody sitting close by um, and then I'll be interested in what you've got to think, what you've got to say. Okay, um, by all means, for the rest of my time here, just look at the window. You don't have to listen to what I say, but just think about how you might fit into that window. Um, so. Um, how do we do this? Who's got an idea of what do they see when they look at that lovely piece of art um, behind my head? Hands up or just shout out. I don't mind. Darren. Great. So disciples in the background, not 100% on board with what is happening. Bit of tutting and muttering in the back. Yes. Anyone else? Lots of different ages of kids, from babies through to 
some beautiful blonde children in flowery dresses. Yep. <laughs> Anything else? Praying. Yes, they are. Aren't they well behaved, those children? <laughs> mine, mine don't do that. <laughs> um, any, any more for any more? Pardon? A blessing. Jesus blessing the children. He's got, oh, what's he doing? There we go. I don't know how to do it. Yes, there we go. <laughs> He's got his fingers in a way that is blessing the children because that's how you bless someone. Please, please, <laughs> please do that. Okay. In Kids Church, we have been using this version of Luke um, to help us understand a little bit more and bring the story to, not the story, the account, to life. Um, so I'm going to read you this version and um, let's see what we think about this. While the disciples were listening to Jesus, a crowd of people had gathered around them. People had brought their kids along because they wanted Jesus to pray for them. Did you make that smell? That's not fair. Oi, that's my stick. Get your own. I need a wee. They were seriously noisy, crying and yelling, playing and running around all over the place. Some of the disciples had been quietly telling these people to go away and stop bothering Jesus. Hey, shouted Jesus, don't send them away. Let the children come to me. Don't tell them to go away. They're part of God's kingdom. In fact, there's so much to learn from them. It's hard to get into God's kingdom unless you're like a child yourself. Okay, so from my experience of being with children, um, I'm not sure it really looked like that. I imagine it was probably a bit more chaotic, hot, noisy, fussy. I'm not sure that children would have all knelt, perfectly behaved at Jesus' feet with their neatly combed hair. I think it would have looked a little bit more wild. And maybe that's why the disciples weren't mad keen on what was going on. I'm not even sure that Jesus would have been wearing that lovely dress. <laughs> um, but when we think about what it would actually have been like, instead of how we have received this kind of idea of Jesus welcoming the children in such a lovely and calm and beautiful, touching, tender moment, um, maybe that's not actually what this is all about. In fact, I do have quite a lot of sympathy for the body the bodyguards, the disciples who at that moment are just trying to get on with the job. There's so many people interfering and bustling around probably that they're just trying to allow Jesus to do what he's there to do. They want to let him get on with his job so they're kind of acting like his bodyguards to enable him to do his thing. But, and this is where the justice comes in, I think the disciples were on the wrong side of justice in that moment. We have Jesus standing up literally for the little guys, 
for those little people. Jesus is standing up for them and their mums, probably their mums who were bringing their kids along, standing up for the people who maybe weren't quite as valued in society. And it was probably really embarrassing for the disciples to be kind of cut off like that by Jesus. (laughs) They were shown up in the moment. And for once, the children got to run the show. So I believe that justice comes from our idea of where someone's value comes from. And actually, in the eyes of God, that we are all equally valued and loved. Whatever the actual circumstances were, the disciples thought at the time and in that moment that the women and the children weren't important enough for Jesus to spend time with them because they were so busy trying to move on to the next thing, to do the important stuff. A bit like when we look at the story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus tells us. These were people who were on their way to religious meetings or to do important stuff for the poor or whatever, and they just walked by on the other side of the road when something interrupted them. And we have talked in this series before about being interruptible, allowing space in our lives for people to come in when we least expect it. So this is where I confess. (laughs) With, with this series on justice, I think I, in my own mind, had approached it from the wrong way. And I got it a bit upside down. Um, I had this idea that justice was really all about injustice, about our role as Christians to fight injustice, to seek out injustice and fight it. But... The more I look at it, the more I see that Jesus actually shows us a different way. And yes, fighting injustice may well be part of what we do, but in this example, in this scene, Jesus does something very, very different. Jesus stands for justice. He's not fighting injustice, but he is standing for justice. He's standing for the value and the way that God looks at um, these people, at the women and the children and the kind of messy people who are in the crowd. So when we stand for justice, we see the value that God places on each of us and we honor it in the people that we meet. But we don't have to necessarily go and pick a fight for in, with injustice because we can stand for it in our daily lives with every person that we meet. Every person holds that image of God and every person that we meet is loved and cared for as a child of God. And what that looks like, it might look quite small, it might look a bit like this moment. Um, Jesus isn't doing anything particularly remarkable. He just lets the children come and climb on him and I'm sure that they did. But it was a small moment, but who knows what the legacy of that moment might be. Injustice occurs and creeps in when people are treated as less, as they, less than they deserve in God's eyes. The disciples did that. 
they were beetling around onto the next thing, busy, busy, busy. And they didn't treat all the people in the crowd as Jesus thought that they deserved. Jesus shows us a moment in time where he created an opportunity to see and value the people who were right in front of him. And I know from my own life, that's hard. That's actually really challenging. And sometimes kind of going and fighting injustice and looking for people in society who need our help is sometimes easier actually than being (laughs) in your daily life and seeing and honoring the value in the people you're with, in your family, when you're tired in the morning, (laughs) when your children are cranky with you, when you're just too busy to engage in the way that we think um, that actually God wants us to. Um, Yeah, um, when the disciples try to manage this moment, um, they actually shut down. They um, deny access to Jesus for those, the people who are there. For the women and the children who are trying to get there, they deny access. They shut it down. And I just think that in my life and in our modern world, there are so many times now where we can avoid these interactions with people. Um, you can... Use a self-checkout when you're at the supermarket. You can pay for your petrol without seeing anyone. There are so many times where we can go through our day and choose to avoid being with people. And I'm really challenged that that might be something where I'm actually denying access or I'm um, like the disciples were trying to shut down. We actually to invite the kingdom of God, has to create an opportunity to open things up, to start a conversation, and to provide an opportunity for God's kingdom to grow. Um, So I wanted to give you a chance to have a little chat about that with the people that you're next to. How could we create that little bit of space, that little opportunity that might just be an opportunity for the kingdom of God to grow. Could be big, could be small. Off you go. So, I don't know if anyone wants to share anything, any ideas they've, they have for how we can create opportunity instead of just beating about our day. We can create a moment of opportunity with, with others. Yes. Get a dog. It's wonderful. Okay. Everybody, go buy a dog. <laughs> Love that. And what's your experience with getting a dog? I love that. 
Here we go, people with dogs. It's like I have an open target. Get a dog. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know your name. What's your name? Gavin. Brilliant. I love that. Get a dog, everybody, next week. That's your, that's your task. Um, any other thoughts or ideas? For Lunch break in the staff room, talking to other people. Off the clock. Yes, so being in the staff room with your colleagues um, instead of having a moment of calm, <laughs> even though sometimes you might really need it. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Yes, so back to the scene um, behind me. I really do wonder what the legacy of that moment was for the children who were there, who were present in the dusty chaos of that moment. For some of the children, it would have been nothing. They would instantly have forgotten and Maybe their parents would have reminded them. For other children, it may have gone on to be something bigger. We just don't know. Um, I watched a program recently with the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And he talked about a memory that he had of his mother um, being greeted by an Anglican priest. So this was in South Africa a long time ago. He said, he was about nine years old. Um, my daughter is eight, so just a little bit older than Helena, if you know Helena. Um, so Desmond Tutu's mother was poor, she was black, she worked a menial job as a washerwoman, and she was met and greeted by an Anglican priest who took off his hat as a sign of respect to her. It was something that was outside of the culture of the time and it was noticed by this young boy who saw that the Anglican priest noticed and responded and respected her value in the sight of God. It made a big impression on a small boy. I wonder what the legacy was for those children. Um, and obviously with Desmond Tutu, he went on to become a man who stood for peace. He stood for justice in apartheid-era South Africa, and he went on to win the Nobel Peace Prize. What a legacy of a moment in a young life. Um, these things, taking a few minutes out in the staff room when you really would rather be resting or getting a dog and having a chat, noticing someone who sat down at a table next to you in a cafe and smiling and asking them how they are, being at a checkout. These are all moments that could have a legacy. And yet if we miss them, if we choose not to do it, if we choose not to buy a dog, then <laughs> you're gonna miss it. We could miss it. Who knows what's gonna happen if we just take ourselves out of our culture and throw ourselves into the kingdom of God. Um, as another, as somebody who works with children, somebody who I have uh, dipped into 
their life a little bit is Fred Rogers. Um, because we're in the UK, you may not know who he is. Fred Rogers was a US, a US children's TV presenter. He was also a Christian. And he kind of made it his mission to model community to children on the TV. He used the most awful looking puppets to do this. And if you look them up, you'll be horrified that children were allowed to watch these on TV. They were just really creepy and not something that you'd want your children to look at. But he also said some really perceptive things about children. Um, he said this. From the time you were very little, you've had people who have smiled you into smiling, talked you into talking, sung you into singing, and loved you into loving. Children learn through what they see. We all learn through what we see. And Jesus loved those children. Who knows? Jesus loved them into loving. It was wonderful to have Rory dedicated today. And that is the beginning of us loving him into loving others. His parents love him into loving just as they have talked him into talking. They've modeled talking to him. They've modeled singing to him. They've modeled playing to him. All of those things that we learn as children, he will go on to develop. And we have people in our lives who model love to us. And they, it helps us to love more and to love better. If we create these moments of opportunity, if they're filled with love, it becomes a bigger picture of God revealing his love to people. We don't know their stories. We don't know where they're at. But Jesus reveals his love to us bit by bit. Um, that's quite hard, isn't it? It's quite a lot think oh, I'm going to stand up for the justice of seeing God's love for these people and I am going to create some opportunities or try to create some opportunities to make space for that love to be shown and to see that person as God sees them and to honor it. But uh, I loved the um, description that Sarah had of, um, of Rory. What were the words that you described, that you used to describe him? Chaotic, funny, cheeky, and loud. <laughs> um, you might not think of yourself as chaotic, funny, cheeky, or loud, but you may have been at one point in your life, you wise old people. <laughs> um, we were all children, and Jesus sees us as we are in our hearts. Sometimes we can come, and we come as the disciples. We come with ideas on our mind, with agendas, with places to be, with jobs to do, with busyness and no space in our lives. But Jesus sees us not as those older people. He sees your heart. He sees you just as you were then and just as you are now. Um, chaotic, funny, loud, and cheeky, <laughs> of course. And just as we can love other people into loving, we must remember that that's how Jesus has loved us 
first, before we go on to love other people, we must get close to Jesus, be in the picture, be like those children who came up in an orderly line, one foot in front of the other, looking neat and tidy. No, probably not. They probably ran. They probably just kind of got in with the crowd. Let's get close to Jesus. Let's accept his love to help us love others. Um, And I want to finish by praying the prayer (laughs) that Emily used. (laughs) So we get it twice today, which I'm sure is no coincidence. But um, from Ephesians, um, yes. So Lauren and Emily, if you want to come up. I pray that Christ will live in your hearts by faith and that your life will be strong in love and be built on love. And I pray that you and all God's holy people will have the power to understand the greatness of Christ's love, how wide and how long and how high and how deep that love is. Christ's love is greater than anyone can ever know, but I pray that you will be able to know that love. Then you will be filled with the fullness of God.